0: It's the week of November 28th. Welcome to the Wild at Heart podcast. I'm Alan Arnold, and we have a treat for you today. We are coming off of, of course, Thanksgiving, and right before that, the men's team had a boot camp. And so rather than try to rush in the studio a day or two before this was going to air and crank something out, we decided that we would air something that you probably haven't heard but really would enjoy hearing for this week's podcast. I'll explain what it is in just a second. But first, in the tradition that we've been having, we're going to just slow down, and we're going to take a moment and just breathe. Jesus, we need you today. We need union with you more than anything else. Come and meet us here this day. We release everyone and everything to you, Jesus. Right now, we release everyone and we release everything In your name we pray, amen. Okay, so what we're doing this week is we are sharing with you one of our Captivated podcasts led by Stacey Eldridge. Some of you haven't discovered this treasure yet, others have, but it's a beautiful podcast, not only for wives of guys listening, but also for you guys. It's something that you will benefit from immensely. And in this episode, it really goes into showing us that we are not alone in not fitting in. (laughs) The title of it is Owning Your Awkward. And the guest with Stacey Eldridge is Nancy Carmichael. She's the creator of IsleOfMisfits.com. And she loves to encourage others, in their weird. And so today, she shares her three core values, owning your awkward, loving your fellow misfits, and seeking beauty and truth. Believing that God doesn't just love us, but that he actually likes the way he made us, can help us own who we are, and step into the glory and purpose he intended. You're gonna enjoy this. Here's Stacy and Nancy in an episode called Owning Your Awkward.
1: This is Stacey Eldridge, welcome to Captivated. This world vies for our attention in a thousand different ways, but the most important thing, the preeminent thing, the essential thing, is to give our attention to Jesus. Hi, friends. Stacy here. It is September 21st when this is airing. Bless you whenever you are listening. And bless you, beloveds of God, those on whom Jesus's heart is set. I pray that even in this moment, you have a sense of how loved you are. This is what it's all about. Tuning in becoming more deeply aware of how loved we are by God and having that quick in our hearts that we might love him in return. I am, of course, again, excited about today's podcast. I'd like to introduce you to a wonderful woman that you may already know, Nancy Carmichael. She's with me today. She's a woman who I first met through her fabulous podcast called The Isle of Misfits. Such a great name. And she's going to share more about that with us later. But first, welcome, Nancy. Oh, Stacy, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: I can't even tell you how excited I am to be here. And the fact that this is airing on September 21st. you realize the significance of that date? No, tell me. It's a holiday around our house because, well, I wouldn't expect you to know this, but it's it's the eve of my husband's birthday. But it also is Earth, Wind, and Fire September song, Do You Remember the 21st Night of September? So
1: here we are. Are you going to hum remember? it for us? Oh, I, yeah. I'll <laughs> hum it. I'll sing. I'll dance. You won't,
2: you won't see me dancing, but I'm dancing.
1: Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Now I'm going to have to go listen oh, yeah. to the song. Nancy, how was your summer?
2: My summer was, okay, we're still in it, just so you know, until... Until till the 22nd, right? Even as it's, yes, till tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm hanging on with every last bit of me. But you know what? It's been a good summer. We've had great weather here. I live in Western New York. So been outside a lot. Um, not a lot of rain, but that's, that's coming. Yeah, just just enjoying the beautiful outdoors. And
1: yeah, what's wrong oh, with that? Oh, good, good. So for those that don't know you, can you just just tell a little bit about yourself? You live in Western New York. Tell us about your family. What else? Yes, I live in Western New York, right about 30 minutes from Niagara Falls.
2: And a little bit about me, I will start by saying I am the CMO, the Chief Misfit Officer of the Isle of Misfits. I'm the Chief Misfit, right? So I am all about owning your awkward. That is my number one core value. And aside from all that, so I am a wife, right? I just mentioned my husband a few moments ago and I have a daughter. She is 20. She is 20 going on 21. Um, So yeah, we have, we have a great little life here and I'm just so excited about encouraging other people who feel like misfits too. And you would be shocked. I've had, I've been privileged to speak with so many people, people much more high capacity and have their life together than me,
1: but even they say, yeah, I feel like a misfit too. Oh, yes. Yeah. I haven't met a woman who doesn't. And I haven't had this conversation with men, but I remember driving to a retreat that I and about four other women were about to put on. And these women are so connected and happy and passionate and vital. And man, they have so many friends. Oh my goodness. Uh And I asked them, do you feel like you fit in? Mm -hmm. And to a Mm -hmm. woman, it was, no, I was shocked. Right. Right. So it is really actually encouraging to know that there's more going on and that we're not alone in that.
2: Right. And we all feel that way. We feel that way, no matter where we're coming from in life. Cause I know you have a lot of Christians listening to this podcast, but I I also believe, and and I'm sure um, that's intentional, that there's people who maybe who maybe aren't Christian, who are just kind of seeking, who maybe don't even know what they believe. But the one thing we do have in common is we often question, do I fit in? Where do I fit in? And I'll I'll tell you what, like, we're all seeking truth, right? Whether we know it or not, because we all have these big questions that we're asking. And what I found is people are trying to fit in and they they may feel like, Oh, you know what? I don't like what I see going on in the world. Right. I I'm, I'm looking for truth. I'm looking for answers. I'm not tracking with this. I don't feel like I fit in with this, but then sometimes in the church, they're also feeling like, I don't know if I fit in with you people. So I, I just think that that's something that, that we need to address, right? Because truth is not a church culture thing. Truth is a kingdom culture thing, church with the big C.
1: Yes. Yeah. That is so good. Hey, can you tell us, share with me and everyone listening a little bit about your own faith journey? I can. So let me, let me see if I can nutshell it for you. And you don't Um, need to
2: nutshell it. Okay. All right. All right. So sit right back and you'll hear a tale. Um, I, I guess I'll, I'll go way back, right? So I am the daughter of an Irish mother, an Irish American mother, and an Estonian immigrant father. My father came here from, uh, from Estonia in the late forties. And I I guess not that I like to play this card, but he really, in many ways was a refugee fleeing at a time when they had no home post-World War II. And I bring this up because I think that kind of set the stage for my family. Um, I'm the fourth of five children. I'm the middle daughter. I am the Jan Brady of my house, right? And I know some of you who are in my age bracket are tracking with that, right? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> um, so yeah, middle child syndrome, seriously. But, but my mother had great faith. She was raised as a Catholic. She always had faith in God. My father, not so much. Um, my father, I think because of some of the things that he went through as a child, had some issues. He had some wounds of his own. And because of that, our, our family life was somewhat tumultuous. My mom was trying to hold the family together. My father, not so much. Um, he left at an early age. He was an alcoholic. Um, he just was not able to, to be the husband and provider that I think someplace in his heart, he had wanted to be at the beginning. So that's at the stage for my life, making all the, you know, trying to be the good girl when I was young, getting to be a teenager. Wait, wait, it. wait, wait. How old yeah. were you when he left? I was, I was six when I think. Oh my he, goodness. Yeah. When it was, yeah. I think the last time we really, you know, had him in the home. Mm. So yeah, I was young, pretty young there. Yeah. I was, yeah. Pretty young. Like I said, so, and uh fourth of five children. So I had one younger sister and we, like my oldest brother is 10 years older than me. So it was a mixture, you know, my childhood, I, you know, you, you remember all the idyllic things, right? I, You know, being outside playing Barbies, fishing. I I did it all, you know, it was the tomboy and the girly girl, mostly the tomboy. So I had I had that, but then that absence of father and the mother trying to play both roles. And I realized um as a teenager, you know, well, I didn't realize it at the time, right? Because you always look back and realize things. So yeah, making the choices, uh, trying to look for love through boys. So I went through all of that and ended up in you know the places you would expect when you're looking to fill a need in a in a way that just isn't going to fill that need. So I'm fast forwarding through a lot but I will say this I really I had a sense of faith like I never didn't believe in God but it was like oh you know how long can I be good? I can't I I just can't do this, right? Because to be a Christian you have to be good and perfect and that was kind of my idea. I'm like yeah can't do that. So at some point in my later teenage years, I said, you know, I don't have a problem with Jesus, but I just can't be like you Christians. I can't rightfully call myself a Christian. So for a little while, I didn't call myself a Christian because I thought, I just, I can't do this. And then I was 22. I cannot tell you the day. I don't have it written in my Bible. I remember very much having this conversation. With Jesus, I'd remembered uh, he spoke to Peter. Remember, after he fed the five thousand, and then he gave all of them a hard word. After that, remember he, you know, he basically said, "You know, if you want to follow me, this is what it's going to be." And like most of them left, right, except for the twelve. And Jesus turns to Peter and he's, he says, "Are you going to leave me too?" And this is what Peter said. He said, "Where else can we go, Lord?" You alone hold the words of life. And I found myself literally saying that to Jesus mm. at 22 years old. Mm. I was on my third college. I had started out as a music major at Ithaca College. I went to community school. I went to a Christian college for a while, hated it. Um, and I was just aimless. And I remember, so I was 22 and I, I just literally prayed that prayer. And it wasn't like, whoa, You know, it wasn't like magical and everything fell into place. And I never made another bad decision after that. But it was, it was a starting point of grace. It was when I, I think I first started to understand
1: grace. Wow.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and there was no turning back after that.
1: That is so beautiful. And then the the whole thing of I need to manage my life in a way that fits some list of what a good Christian means and I'm falling right. short. Yeah. The, the dress, dress code.
2: And... The Yeah. You have to listen to this music. You have to dress this way. You have to, you know. And and here's the irony, like I'm a pretty conservative person. So it's not like I'm this big rebel hippie, maybe, maybe compared to some. But even so, I felt like I just I don't cut it. I I don't fit in with you people that have your lives all together. That was what I thought. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But you fit in with him. Yes. And that's just that. And that was the beginning of realizing, oh, you mean you made me for a purpose? You mean I'm wired this way for a purpose?
1: Yeah. And we increase in knowing that, don't we, over our lives. Like, say, what? So I want to get there. But another question about your faith journey, because most people come to faith. Actually, I I think mine was more of a slide in versus Mm -hmm. a Mm -hmm. particular day. Right. And I knew that I loved him and I needed him and he rescued me. But I don't think I was in love with him. Mm-hmm. for yep. for another, oh, that took another about 15 years before I even knew that was okay. And actually that um, that was going to be the fuel of my life, the passion of my heart, The what I needed to run this race was not just a list of duty and obligation, but a heart being captured by the love of God. Yes. Was that sort of the same time for you? Or do you remember a time when there was a shift when you went, ah, oh, this is a romance.
2: I think that was the shift. And, and as I, you know, as I grew older into my twenties and then into my early thirties, yeah, I started to realize, Hey, Jesus it sounds to me like you're not so much after my behavior as you are. You're going to love this. Cause this is what you're all about. My heart, right? Yes. You're after my heart because out of the heart flowed the issues of life. Right. And Out of our heart flows our behavior, but I had been doing it backwards. I thought, well, if I can get my life together and I can try to be this type A person, so you know. By the way, I am—I'm a type A wannabe, right? So I—I may want to identify, but but I, yeah, I'm definitely in the type B body, but I want to be type A. I want to have it all together. I want to be productive. I want to be good, and I realized that I was fighting against my very nature Mm. of, of trying to trying to behave my way into the gospel. And when I let that go, and when Jesus really started to tear that veil, I started to realize, oh, this is completely different. As you said, this is a romance. You mean, you, yeah, I know Jesus loves me, this I know, but it's like, you, you like me? Right. Oh my goodness. That's a very, (laughs) you don't just have to love me. Yeah. 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 I'm still contending with that in some ways. Like I've accepted it more. As I've matured. But that's a big thing to contend with is the fact that he not only has to love us, is like, you know, that's his job. Every child says, yeah, right. Every child says that to their parents. Well, you're my mom. You have to love me. But he likes us. He likes the way he made us, right? All this other stuff gets in the way: our sin, our rebellion. That's the stuff that has to go. But who he made us to be, the original glory of which I've read in many. Wild at heart books over the years, you know, we were made for original glory. And that's what Jesus came was to
1: restore and recapture that and reclaim that for us. Amen. Friends, those of you that this is just really striking a chord with, I just want to bless you in the fact that I know that there are things that we may not like about ourselves. And not just, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. not just the things that are out of sync or out of alignment with the kingdom of God, but the way we're wired or, Maybe we have a sense of humor that we feel is quirky and nobody got the joke. You know, Jesus gets the jokes. And, it, and, it's, and this is part of Nancy's passion is for you to know that he likes you, that he, he crafted you out of joy and he delights over you in the way that you are uniquely fashioned. Amen. Nancy, tell us about Isle of Misfits. What is it? What made you <laughs> start it? So we're
2: going to go back about maybe five or six years. So um, I told you that I live in Western New York now, but about six years ago, I was living in Pittsburgh and my family had moved and it was something that we felt God was directing us in it. But like all other things that God directs us in, um, it doesn't mean it's easy, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So (laughs) this is going to be fun. What could possibly go wrong? but soon after we moved there i i you know i started to go through all the i guess you could call it a desert time because I, I there was a lot of loss in that period of my life just kind of losing connections losing what i felt was influence losing my mother my mother got very oh. sick during that year and and passed away so it was a lot of loss right and at one point i was just kind of you know i maybe, maybe whining a little bit, I, I guess it would be fair to say, you know, kind of like, oh, I just feel like I'm on the aisle of misfit toys. And I'm just, you know, I felt like what I had, nobody wanted. Um, I wasn't finding my place. And after a while, Jesus was so gracious and, and patient with me. He was so kind. Uh, the memo I was getting from him was okay. I understand you feel that way. What are you going to do about it? Wow. And that's where Isle of Misfits, that just kept resonating with me. So I started talking to some friends and polling, like, does anyone feel this way too? And what do you think about this? So that's when it started. I started really, I can't even remember what the first podcast was, but I, I just started it. I didn't even know what I was doing. And, um, God would just bring me these great guests. Some, some people you've heard of, like Stacey Eldridge, like I still can't believe that she was on my podcast. And then some people, maybe you've never heard of, but they just have incredible stories, incredible wisdom to share. So I podcast, I have a blog, three core values, right? Own your awkward. We've already talked about that, right? Say a little bit more
1: about that. Own your awkward.
2: Yeah. So own your awkward means owning who you are, right? Owning where you are, getting brutally honest about facing ourselves, right? Because that is the starting point of change. Like, you know, we've all read the self-help books and that's good, right? We want to change. We want to get better, but we start by, we have to face ourselves. We have to be honest about who we are just getting brutally, brutally honest. And part of that is our choices, right? The choices that we're making. I don't know if you've ever said this or like, oh, I just wasn't myself today, you know? And when we say stuff like that, right? So what are we saying? It's like, well, who I really am, I wouldn't have said that or who I really am. I wouldn't have done that. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to find out who we really are, it's like, okay, who did God make us to be? And are my choices reflecting that? Mm-hmm. So owning your awkward for me, that's the starting point of saying, okay, God, I'm going to get honest with myself so that I can be honest with you because you've made me for a
1: purpose. And I want to know what that purpose is. Uh. Wow. So this one thing that you said, you said so much that was so good. And the prior to starting it, you said, what I had, it felt like nobody wanted. Mm -hmm. I know so many people, and I've certainly know that myself, feeling like that. And then what do you do? And how do you marry that with, no, actually, it is wanted. Or mm-hmm. it is needed. this the, how do you how do you go from there to embracing the fact that you were created for a purpose? Yeah,
2: that's a great question because i I think again, i I'm just speaking for myself, but I have a feeling I'm not the only one that struggles with this because I was interpreting being wanted or being needed with sort of this mass mentality, right? So now we're living in an age of, influencers right instagram influencers and this so everyone is so i'm an influencer if i have a million followers or whatever the number is but if i don't then i guess i'm just not i'm not influencing anybody nobody cares and once i'm i'm gonna say this as if i i've mastered this i've not so that's my disclaimer right up front but once i began to let go of this idea of the numbers game that it's about influencing a a certain number of people. (gasps) Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Sigh of relief. Exactly. Then it became, okay, my job, if I'm really serious about fulfilling God's purpose, bringing him glory, is just be obedient to what he's given me. Mm -hmm. It's his job to get it where he wants it to go. That's the influence because I don't know where it's going to end up right? Sometimes I do if I'm having a one-on-one conversation, but then I don't know where that person's going to take it. And then so on and so on. Yes. Yeah. So that is influence. It's just being obedient and having a
1: heart to encourage someone else with truth and life. Yeah. And when you love someone else, isn't, isn't, aren't they everything? I mean, Jesus came for the one. Exactly. So exactly. I really love taking the numbers thing off the table and then also right. knowing that you're having an influence way right. beyond what you realize because people are watching.
0: the are. neighbors
1: are watching, the people in the yep. grocery store are watching, like, who is this person? How are they relating? Um, it matters. It all matters. It does matter. And,
2: and, you know, Stacey, during that Pittsburgh time, we were there four years. One, uh, you know, I got several, I I speak about memos, right? Um, But I mean, Jesus gave me several memos during that time. And one of them was this, get smaller.
1: smaller." Oh, beautiful.
2: Well, sounds beautiful when I say it now, but at the time, like, what? (laughs) Like That sucks. Um, You get smaller. What do you mean? I thought, because everything I had sort of been trained in, in, you know, Christian culture was, no, enlarge your territory, get bigger, have more influence, more and more and more means you're blessed, right? And I'm not saying there isn't truth to that, but I felt like it was antithetical to what God was telling me. So I'm like, okay, what do you mean get smaller? Do you mean insignificant? And I'm fast forwarding through a lot, you understand, but in conclusion, no, it's not about being insignificant. Getting smaller means get get focused, You can't do everything. You can't be everywhere. You're not called to everyone, but you're to be focused and faithful with who and what I've given you to do.
1: Mm -hmm. Amen. A to the man. Amen. Wow. That is so good. Okay. You've got three core values. That's the first one. Number one. What's the
2: next? Number two is love
1: your fellow misfits. Simple right, easy, okay, done, yeah, you I know, know that's so easy to do every single day, every day, yep, every day because here's well here's the trick of it, right, because we
2: i'll say me i'll put me in this place, I certainly want people to understand that you know I need mercy, I need grace right yes. grace grace, more grace, yes, please right, um, but somehow there's that disconnect i like, I want it right i <laughs> just yeah, I'll soak in all the grace you have to give me. But then sometimes I forget, oh, I need to show you grace because you're not the same kind of misfit I am. You have your own deal, your own quirks. And um, oh, yeah, you're also wired for God's glory.
1: Yeah. And then we're each to know we're all on the way. None of us have arrived completely yet. So so mercy for other people in their in their journey and maybe in the way that they're acting out of their brokenness and not being themselves. Right. Not their true selves. Right. Yeah. And it's so
2: easy to recognize that, well, you should see that about me. You should see it. But it's it takes a little bit more discipline to say, well, wait a minute. I need I need to do, you know, as we reap, we sow, right? Or other way around. As we sow, we reap. And yeah, if I have this need, why would I not think everyone around me isn't going through a similar journey?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's seeing with the eyes of love and mercy. Yes. To more grace. Okay. Yeah. Third one.
2: Third one. Um, this is actually, I'm going to say my favorite, but they're all, they're all good, but, um, seek beauty and truth everywhere because it is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Even today, even in the craziness of 21st century life and all that goes with it. If we open our eyes, it's there because Truth is beautiful and true beauty has truth, right? John Keats has a quote, um, beauty is truth, truth, beauty. That is all you know, and that is all you need to know. And that speaks to um, that theme, you know, eternity is set in our hearts. So we're wired for truth and we're wired for beauty. And I'm not just talking about aesthetics, although that's a part of it, but, you know, things that reflect the true nature of Jesus. Are beautiful, kindness, love, joy, mm, peace, mm, patience, yes, humor. You know, laughter. Yes. Where are you finding it these days? Um. So, all right. I told you we spent a lot of time outdoors this summer. So I, I literally thought of you the last time I did this um, because I we had spoken about it before. Um, so I live thirty minutes from Niagara Falls, and Niagara Falls is beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but if you go a little north of Niagara Falls. There is something called the Niagara Gorge and it is gorgeous, pun intended, but it's all, oh,
1: Daisy, you've got to go. Oh, you sent you've got me a to picture go to
2: this place. Yes, Nancy sent me a picture and I
1: just, I, I look at it frequently and just go, oh my oh, goodness. The, the
2: color of the water, it's, it's this indescribable turquoisey, greeny blue. Um, but you know, you can walk the rim and look down and that's beautiful. But if you go down into it right near the water, the river is wild it is wild. Like there's such a majesty about it. There's such, I I can't even describe it. I'll try and I will fail, but, um, we go down there as often as we can, because there's just something about how big and beautiful, and it's just beyond us, you know? So that's one place, but, you know, I see it in the mundane as well, you know, driving in the car, um, talking to the cashier, you know, someone smiles at you just when you needed it. Like those are beautiful moments too. And they're moments of truth. Yeah.
1: Oh, I love that. You have to have our eyes open to see it's all around us. Yep. And our ears peeled. Yep. So, um, friends, I love misfits is a podcast and you can look it up, but we'll put all this information of how you can tap in and get more from her in our show notes. But I'm curious if you have a blog brewing.
2: Oh, actually there is a blog. So I I intersperse sometimes you'll see a a podcast and sometimes I'll write. So I I'm gearing up for this season. So I kind of took a little break over the summer, but yeah, I have, um, I write about different things. Uh, the last, my last post was a few words about life. Um, I don't talk a lot about my family, but I did share a little bit of my daughter's story, which is an amazing story you know, I like to write about things that make, that make us think. I don't necessarily like to talk about buzzwords or buzz topics. We have enough of that, but I like to talk about the things underneath the things, right? Why we think the way we do and, and in a gentle and maybe, maybe humorous way, um, that's for you to decide, but to, to get
1: honest with ourselves. That's what I have found in your blogs is that it, it takes ideas and scriptures and parables from being about others to being about ourselves. And how, how does this—where am I living this out? Where do I need um, repentance? Where do I need more of Jesus? And I really, I really appreciate what you write. Thank so you. in your times with Jesus these days— Is there a passage or a scripture or a parable or something about his character that you've been pondering?
2: Yeah, you know what? Oh gosh, just this morning and now I'm having that brain fog because um, I literally just this morning was reading in Luke. This might not be the answer to your question, but it's what pops into my mind right away. You know, Jesus set the guy free legion, right? Yes. This is what I read this morning. He set him free and this guy had freedom, but the town folk, what was the response? I don't know if you have read that.
1: Oh yeah. Did yeah. You know? I'm familiar. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. Their response was they were afraid. They told him, go away. We're afraid of you. They were terrified because they, they would have rather had this guy in bondage to demons and endangering that because they knew that dance, right? But freedom they couldn't handle. And I think there's something in that that Jesus has been speaking to me lately, honestly, that, you know, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Not everybody else is going to like it, right? Not Mm -hmm. everybody else is going to be tracking with you. And it doesn't mean we boast about it and say, well, ha ha, I'm free. You're not. No, it's like, but we're called to live freely. We're not called to take our cues from the people who are afraid of freedom.
1: So good. Wow. And it comes as a shock that some people are afraid of freedom or just, just not there yet on their journey, but it's not meant to keep us from walking into the deeper things of Christ. It is for freedom. that Christ set us free. It is.
2: And this is a captivating story and I, I have to share it because look who I'm talking to. So this goes back to 2008. I was a captivating, all right? one of the mornings I was there, I did this every morning. Cause, um, if you got up really early, you could go out to the hot tub, right. And yes. just kind of watch the sunrise over the Rocky mountains. It was beautiful and nobody else was up. Right. So I was just, it was me and Jesus. And so I'm up, I'm, I'm on my way out there. I'm, I'm just kind of singing. Cause I like to sing and, um, nobody was there. I went into the, the little, uh, you know, like locker room came out. Someone's in the hot tub. Oh, okay. And that person who was there right away said, are you the one I heard singing? And I don't know why, Stacy, but I knew right away this isn't going to be good. I just had that sinking feeling. I'm like, so I went, yes. And she says, I have to tell you something. I said, okay. She says, when I heard you singing, I hated you. This is a perfect stranger in a hot tub telling wow. me she hates me. Okay. Good morning to you too, honey. But you know what? Right away I knew, I knew because it was like this voice of the enemy that all my life has said, who do you think you are singing? And that's, that's what I was hearing from her. It was a familiar voice, but you know, there was a couple of beats and then she said this, and I need to apologize to you because after that, well, the gist of our conversation went: she, she goes because you were free and I'm not, so I need. Wow. To yes. Yeah. 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 So we talked in the hot tub. We ended up singing together in the hot tub, at a captivating conference. But but that speaks to what we just talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone is going. Freedom is a scary thing, to people who aren't free, whether it's jealousy or fear or whatever. There's a cost for freedom, but the good news is we don't have to pay it. We didn't pay it. Jesus paid it for us. We have to let go of our concepts and our, whatever our ideas are, but freedom, freedom is for all of us. If we would
1: only let go and accept it. This is literally bringing tears to my eyes.
2: (sighs) I know. I can't believe, like, I usually am like sobbing. Every time I tell this story, I can't believe I'm not crying out because it is, it is—it still wells up in me every time I share this because it was breaking of a stronghold in that moment.
1: Wow. Nancy, I am bringing our time in for a landing, but could you pray for the listeners that are tuning in whatever day this is for them? Yeah. Oh yes. Jesus.
2: Oh, what a privilege. What a privilege. Lord, I don't even want to think about all the people that are listening. I know, Lord, you have, you have blessed this ministry, this podcast, Lord, and I know it goes far and wide. And at the same time, you are so intimate. So, Lord, I pray for that person right now who feels like nobody sees me, who feels like they've been passed over, who feels like it's too late, who feels like they've gone too far, or they don't love you enough, or they're not good enough, or whatever, whatever it is, God, I pray for this person. For this woman, or maybe it's a man listening. I don't know. Lord, that's up to you. But I pray, God, that you would open up their ears, give them ears to hear and eyes to see, that they would hear your voice saying, This is the way, walk in it, that they would hear you saying, I've loved you with an everlasting love. And not just I love you, but I like you. I like the way I made you, that we were made for a purpose, that whoever is listening, Whoever is listening would know that they were made for your glory, God, because it is about you. We get to be in the story, but the story is not about us, it is about you. And we find that we find that when we let go of our ideas, Lord, I pray that there would just be a letting go and a freedom like never before because the hour is short. So, Lord, have your way, have your way. We love
1: you in Jesus name, Jesus Amen. name. Amen. Oh yes. God, Nancy, thank you so much. So um, right now people are going, I need to hear this woman. I need to hear more from her. How, how <laughs> do they find you?
2: Oh, wow. So yeah. So you can find me at the Isle of misfits. That's I S L E of com. That's the easiest way to find me. Um, that's where you'll find the blog and the podcast, but yeah, I'm just so honored that, that you would take the time to speak to me today.
1: Oh, honestly, the honor's been mine. Bless you.
0: I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Stacey Eldridge and Nancy Carmichael. We will be back here with an all-new podcast next week for Wild at Heart. I'm Alan Arnold, and I hope to see you then.